0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا من يرتد منكم عن دينه فسوف ياتي الله بقوم يحبهم ويحبونه يحبهم ويحبونه أذلة على المؤمنين عزة على الكافرين. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون to do this. You have a to be able to do this. You have a good time to be able Blessed us with Iman, blessed us with the most perfect way of life, blessed us with the great honor of being the followers of Rasulullah wasallam. The believers Allah Ta'ala have, has blessed them with everything that is distinct. A mu'min, obviously, in terms of his iman, in terms of his faith, he is completely distinct. He worships Allah Ta'ala. There are those who are worshipping inanimate things. Somebody is worshipping a cow, somebody is worshipping inanimate things, they are worshipping some stone, they are worshipping idols. So, a is totally distinct from that. Then he worships Allah and Allah alone. There are others who we believe in more than or oh, many deities and some have a almost unlimited number of deities. Somebody is believing, na'uzubillah, that Isa salam is a son of Allah ta'ala. Somebody is believing something else. So, a um, 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 is totally distinct from all this. Doesn't talk about any shirk, doesn't ascribe any partners to Allah ta'ala. His tawhid and his belief in the oneness of Allah ta'ala is pure. Not adulterated in any way. In the being of Allah Ta'ala. In the attributes and the sifat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah alone is the provider of rizq. Allah Ta'ala alone grants shifa and cure from illnesses. Allah alone is the doer of everything. So he is totally distinct in his beliefs. Then he is distinct in his manner of ibadat. A mu'min performs his salah. Fast in the month of Ramadan, there's zakat, there's hajj, and all the other forms of ibadat that we perform is totally different to what others do because a mu'min has iman. He follows what Allah wa Taala has commanded. He follows in the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he doesn't take any kind of notice also of what somebody else is doing in terms of wanting to take from anybody else. He keeps totally to what he's been given in the Qur'an and Sunnah. He doesn't look out anywhere else that billah, there is something or the other perhaps to take somewhere. There is nothing to take from anywhere. Whatever he needs to take is only in the Qur'an and Sunnah. So in his Aqaid, in his beliefs, in his Iman, He is distinct, distinct, in his ibadat as well, then he is very distinct in terms of his day-to-day life, the rules by which he lives his life. He has very very clear rules and very clear ways in which he goes about his earning a livelihood, doing his business, the manner in which he is engaging with people, his muasharat, his social life, the kind of akhlaq that he is been blessed with in terms of what Islam has given this is let alone second to none it is far beyond what anything else can even dream about any other creed and nation and any other civilization as they call it or whatever can't even dream about the perfectness that Islam has provided so he's distinct in all these things as a result he'll be distinct in his appearance He'll be distinct in the way that he, for example, conducts his nikah. He'll be distinct in the way that he celebrates his occasions. He's distinct in all these things. I mean, when you talk about something being distinct, it's totally apart from the rest. There's no kind of mixture, adulteration, 50-50, or 70-30, nothing, it's 100% pure. He keeps to what Allah Ta'ala has given him, what Nabi Islam has taught, and what the Sahaba-i-Kiram then took from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and passed on to the Ummat. That is his line, that is his path. Then the whole world, somebody can be worshipping an idol, he doesn't take notice of that, that doesn't concern him. Con- concern him in the sense that he's got nothing to take from there. Rather he's got a complete Aversion in his heart for anything that has to do with shirk. He wouldn't make dua for everybody. Allah Ta'ala grant each one hidayat. But the shirk and ascribing of partners to Allah Ta'ala, he's got aversion for that. This is something that can we can never even dream about. So likewise, anything that is associated with that shirk, with that kufr, in whichever extent, he is somebody who has nothing to do with it. Because he has the most perfect way, and he respects that perfect way. He loves it, he respects it. There was a very great king in India, Alam ali he was a very pious person also. And it is mentioned regarding him that throughout the time that he remained the ruler over India, he never took a cent, even a salary from the treasury. He was a very good scribe. And in those days, there were no printing presses yet. He would actually write the Qur'an Sharif, copies of the Qur'an Sharif. And what he would earn out of that is what he would live on. Very pious person. And he had a lot of respect for the Ahlullah. He would take their du'as. When he was now, there was one person in his time who was a kind of trickster. He would come and disguise himself. And the whole point was that if he can fool Alamgir Rahmatullahi, he must get some kind of uh, reward in return, that he managed to fool him. In other words, he came in a disguise that they didn't recognize him. Oh, he was the kind of person that had that relationship. So in any case, he would come. But every time, Alamgir Rahmatullahi was a person of very great intelligence as well, he would see through all that disguise and every time that this person tried to fool him, he didn't get caught, he didn't fall for his trick and he immediately pointed it out that don't fool me or so and so. So in any case this person decided that one day I need to do something that is going to really make a difference, I'll really fool him. So he went and he found some place in one, outside in the jungle somewhere on the outskirts, made a small hut for himself, adopted the appearance of the Ahlullah, and he started just engaging in ibadat and zikr, where it's all just a plot. There was no sincerity in this. He was just doing it for the purpose of disguise, disguise and camouflage, and just in order to earn that reward. But in any case, now he carried on with this, now slowly the message started going around, there's some very big Buzrug here. So sometime later Alamgir Ali was on his way to go and conquer Hyderabad Dakan. So this, this, on his way out he stopped by, he said we need to go and visit this person, take his du'as. In any case he came, met him with respect, said that we don't want to take your du'as, we're going to battle. So he gave him du'as. Then he gave him a bag of one thousand gold coins. A hadiyah. When he gave him this as a hadiyah, this person would force he hit it aside. So you think we are the dogs of the world. So Alubi Rahuladi became even more impressed. MashaAllah, this person didn't want to touch this also, that he hit it away with such force. <coughs> In any case he took it and he left. As he left now to depart. So now the disguise worked because he didn't recognize him. So now this person came running out and he says, this time I fooled you. I am so and so. so Alam Gheer was now taken aback that indeed it, This person really fooled me, tricked me. So now he gave him 100 dirhams. That was 1000 gold coins. He gave him 100 dirhams, 100 silver coins as a in-arm and reward. The person accepted it. Allamkira Hamdulillah. Then asked him that when I gave you that time, there's a thousand gold coins in that bag, and you probably work it out what's in here. The thousand gold coins you hit it aside, that you just rejected. But this hundred dirhams you're taking it. If you kept that for yourself, that would have already been much more than this. That you rejected, and this you keeping. So the person's reply, the mashaikh called this, to take this lesson. <laughs> See his reply was, now he was just this kind of a person. Person who was far away from deen as such, because after all he adopted all this drama, just in order to get some monetary gain. So the kind of level he was in is obvious from that. But the person in that level of practice of deen, Despite being in that level of practice of deen, yet his heart had that level of respect for deen, which we are far away from. So it doesn't mean that being far away from the practice of deen is anything condonable. No, that also needs to be rectified. But yet the respect for deen in his heart is something to take the lesson from. So he said, look, at that that time if I took it, I was in the guise of the pious people. I would have brought a blot on the name of all the pious people. So I didn't want to become a means of that, that I become the means of bringing this kind of blot on the name of pious people in general. That Well, this person too was in that guise because you would have left already with that impression. Others might have seen that and left also with that impression. Then somebody gets the right message, somebody understands it afterwards, We don't understand it, what happened really. But that becomes a kind of blot on the pious people throughout in general. So though that was a big sum of money, I, I, I was prepared to sacrifice that, but I didn't want to become the means of this. Now this is the lesson for us to take. That one is this person, mashallah, he didn't want to become the blot or means of the blot on the name of the pious people. Allah Ta'ala has given each one of us iman. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this greatest wealth of iman, has made us Muslims, has given us this great opportunity and this favor of being in this ummah, and being the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, we also have this guise of the Muslims. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this. And any action that we do becomes a judgment on the Muslims in general, especially out there in the world, whether it's in the business business world, whether it's on a social level, wherever it is and where we are interacting with disbelievers. So they see us and they make a kind of judgment on Muslims. Now this is the aspect that a Muslim is distinct in everything he does, but then when he loses that direction sometimes and he does some things which are not in conformity to what a Muslim should be doing. So now it is a lack of respect for that name that we have. We have the name of Muhammad and Ahmad and all the beautiful names of the Anbiya Alim al salam and the beautiful names of the sahaba Ikram and the beautiful names of the Awliya of the Ummad. This becomes a disrespect to this name. Like that person didn't want to disrespect that guys that he had adopted. He had adopted the guys of the pious people. He didn't want to disrespect that. We have to have respect for the name Allah Ta'ala blessed us with. Respect for the appearance Allah Ta'ala blessed us. Respect for the fact that people know us to be Muslim. Out there in the world most times person doesn't know us in terms of who we are, what our name is, where we come from, where we... Our parents are nothing, they don't know anything, but they know we are Muslim. They make us out as Muslim from a mile. But then the person sometimes sees that really this is a person who has he was a Muslim, we become the means of a blot on Muslims in general. We become a means of people becoming distance from Islam. That a person thinks that if this is what a Muslim is all about, I don't want to be in Awzubillah this. So a mu'min is distinct in everything. And he is distinct in how he goes about his day to day life. How he goes about conducting himself at the time when everybody else is losing their bearings. When everything is becoming free for all. But he is still, he got his direction. He doesn't lose his bearings. He doesn't lose his focus. He keeps steadfast on his way. And he is that person who doesn't renege at any mini level. In the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the people of Muhabbat. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya amanu, may minkum O oh, you who believe, whoever will renege. Now, actually, this was relating to the munafiqeen who appeared to believe. They wouldn't believe as in reality. But now, they were sometimes here, sometimes there, trying to keep themselves secure from all sides, appearing to be Muslims, privately meeting with the Yahud and Nasar also, and saying to them, the Yahud especially, that look, Ori, we're just, just making it look like we are Muslims, but we're with you. And trying to secure themselves from all directions just for securing the dunya. So Allah t'ala is giving this warning that look and Allah t'ala is addressing it to everybody in general. <inaudible> Whoever will renew from his deen. Then <inaudible> soon Allah t'ala will bring such a nation, such a people, and Allah t'ala says about them, Yuhibbuhum <inaudible> Allah will love them and they will love Allah ta'ala. Mufassirin explain a very, very deep point on this. The sequence in which this has been mentioned. Allah ta'ala first mentions, Allah ta'ala will love them and they will love Allah ta'ala. The lesson that is given here is, that a person, whatever he does, to the extent of that if he has the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, that too is the blessing of Allah Ta'ala's muhabbat for him. It's not about his achievement. qadam utte nahi, uthaye He doesn't take the step of his own. That too is a tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, the muhabbat Allah Ta'ala has, that's the reflection that he now has the muhabbat. Otherwise, if Allah Ta'ala withholds his muhabbat nobody has, has any one bit of ability to even achieve one iota and fraction of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. this is Allah Ta'ala's great grace it is his muhabbat, it is his mercy, it is his kindness so in any case Allah Ta'ala is saying wa Allah Ta'ala will love them and they will love Allah Ta'ala. now the two groups that are being discussed here is, one is the murtaddeen. Those who will renege. This is the group, the murtaddeen. And on the opposite end, Allah mentions the Ahl-Muhabbad. And if there's somebody that's going to renege, Allah will bring about the people of Muhabbad. They will never renege. The people of Muhabbad meaning, those who have the true love of Allah. تعالى, such a person will never renege. Now one is the reneging in the worst sense. Person giving up his iman. But the other is, that even in certain levels of deen, in the time of Siddiq Akbar radiallahu ta'ala'an, some people who are just newly coming to Islam at that time, and they were staying far away also, the tribes that were living far away, they didn't have the opportunity to truly become firm in deen. After Nabi Islam passed away, some of them refused to pay the zakat. On this note, that well, this was only something that was due to be paid to Nabi Sallallahu directly. Now we, this doesn't apply. Abu Bakrati he declared jihad against them. Many Sahaba at that time came to sort of suggest that look, this is not the time, there's a lot of Tension around, everybody is waiting to try and pounce on the Muslims. And these people haven't renewed from Islam. They are now just saying that they won't give zakat, but we'll deal with that in time. But for now, let it be. A worker didn't accept that, and he said, if nobody comes, I will go myself. And he starts moving, until Umar ad comes and stops him, he says, no, we also now convinced about what you're saying. We are with you. You give, give, give the instructions and we'll follow. But on this aspect, that he stood up for this himself, one very, very great alim of the recent past wrote a book which he titled Riddatun Wala Bakrin Laha. That there's a flood of reneging taking place in the Ummah, unfortunately. But there's no Abu Bakr standing in front of it. That when it comes, for example, to a wedding, a nikah, there's a kind of reneging that's taking place. That the whole pattern of Islam is lost, and the way of the Yahud and Nasara is the norm. That is taken full. That's a kind of reneging. It comes to a kind of the time of the year, holiday time. So now, Deen takes the back seat. And the manner of taking a break is no different to that of the Yahud and Nasara. That everything goes. Any environment, no matter what fitna is taking place there, no matter what the kind of situation is, whether a person's salah is getting neglected, whether anything happens. Anything and everything can go. Because holiday time, so the holiday from Deen also. So, all these things are a level of reneging. It's not the first form, Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi he titles one chapter, Babun Kufrun Duna Kufrin. That there are levels of kufr also. One is the total kufr. But then disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is also a kind of kufr. It's not the kufr that takes a person out of Islam. But it's a kind of kufr. Meaning it's a branch of it. So this is the aspect that a mu'min is distinct in all his aspects of life. He doesn't get mixed up, up up in any of these things. He's firm and he carries on. And yes, in these kind of situations there'll be more mujahada. There'll be a greater pressure on himself. That everybody seems to be doing something and he needs to now stay away from it. But this greater mujahada brings greater mushahada. This greater striving against the nafs and trampling the base desires brings greater mushahada. And he now starts witnessing the greater favors of Allah Ta'ala in terms of progress in imam, in terms of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala at a speed which all the nawafir also are not as effective. Though obviously that is a very great thing. But greater than all the nawafir also is the mujahada against the nafs. In restraining it from haram, restraining it from all the kinds of evils that are taking place. So a mu'min, he is focused in that direction. And he continues with his effort. His effort is for the sake of Allah ta'ala. He is not even focusing on this, that, what, what has this, what progress have I made? He is only concerned, am I, am I making the effort? It was on Buzruh. One day the khadim at the Hajj time overheard something. A voice from the unseen. He overhears that voice now, this person just finished his tahajjud and so on. And the voice from the unseen is saying, your tahajjud is not about accepted. So this khadi got a shock because he realized this is a voice from the unseen. It's quite, totally nobody's around here. So he asked that, Buzruk, you heard what I heard? Say, what you heard? He says, is what I heard? That you were addressed from this voice from the unseen that your tahajjud is not accepted. He says, you heard today, I'm hearing it every day. You're hearing it every day? So then, what's the point? You're hearing it every day, you might as well go to, go to sleep then. Why are you taking all this trouble then? So he replied and asked him that if that the is not being accepted, but is there any other door to go and knock at? If there was Na'uzubillah, more than one Allah, then if My tahajyud has not been accepted here, I could have gone somewhere else. Maybe we will get accepted there. But I have only one Allah Ta'ala and only one doorstep to put my head on. So whether it is accepted or not, there is nowhere else I can go. And I will go nowhere else because there is nowhere else to go. I will only remain here. And to accept or not accept, that is His prerogative. To do the work is my duty. His prerogative is to accept or not accept. My duty is to carry on. The next day, the voice comes from the unseen, all the tahajjud in the past has been accepted. Though you are not worthy of it, but it's now accepted out of our grace and favor. So, our job is to continue making the effort. And when a person is consistent with that effort, that effort will, we are deficient, we are not worthy of anything. Our efforts are deficient. Our intentions are deficient. Everything about us is deficient. There is nothing that we can claim any kind of achievement about. But when a person is consistent in his efforts, as deficient as it may be, Allah Ta'ala's grace is such that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala doesn't allow the efforts and the rewards of those who are doing good to go in vain. Allah Ta'ala doesn't allow it to go in vain. Allah's grace is very, very great. Rumi Rahmatullahi gives one example and mentions one anecdote. One person was, it was a drought, severe drought. And he he was really down and out. Person living deep in the rural area never came to the city anytime. And his only source of water was one well. He never saw anything else besides the rain and the well. And he thought this is the only way that water is available to so, the water ran out, because there's a little bit of water left. And water too was now a little bit muddy, now he's thinking now the Khalifa and the king, he too must be in a really bad condition now, because water is drought everywhere. So now he's living far away from the city, from the capital, he doesn't know what the condition is there. So he thought this is the right time to take this gift of water and go, because the king too might be suffering. I'll take this gift, he'll be very pleased with this gift and I'll get rewarded. The bottom line line is I'll get something in return. So now he filled that in one clay pot, one earthen jug. The water he filled in there was obviously the leftover water, that little bit in that vessel. It was full of sand and so on. He filled that and came along. As he came along he's dreaming about what he's going to get. any case he came and he asked for the audience with the King, he was given a chance finally, his turn came up. What you came with? What you came for? He says, well, this drought has struck everywhere. And I thought that you also now might be having a hard time, so I brought this gift of water for you. The king took a look in it, and he said, Jazakallah, mashallah, very good. Obviously what was in there was something just worthy of being thrown away. Not even suitable to consume, but he still said, mashallah, very good. And then he called somebody and he said, look, this person brought such a gift for us. And he came all the way from there, brought this gift. So, and what a wonderful gift. So now in return, fill this pot of his with all jewels. So he filled the pot with all the jewels. He said, now, see him off nicely. But then he told a person in his ear, quietly, that look, when you're seeing him off, take him past the Dajla river. Euphrates, let him walk along the bank of that and go so now he's carrying this and he's feeling very very happy about himself that the king was so happy about my gift and as he's walking along he's coming suddenly, he sees what is this he never saw something like this in his life a mass of water and such pure and clean water now when he saw this water, now he realized that my gift was worth nothing it was worth throwing away only but this was only the grace of the king that he accepted that gift which was worth, worth throwing away and he still recompensed me in this way. That he filled my earth and with all these jewels and all these valuable things. Or Rumi Rahmatullah after this anecdotes draws the same lesson. He so, said, look, our ibadat, whatever we do, all our actions, everything is not worth presenting to Allah Ta'ala. It is not even worth like that water that this person presented to the king. That is the Quality of our amal, that is the level of it. It's not worth presenting to anybody, to present it to Allah Taala. But Allah Taala's grace when a person is trying, he's sincerely trying, despite all his deficiencies, but he's trying, and he's not giving up trying. Insan is insan, sometimes slips up, sometimes makes a mistake, but he doesn't remain fallen there. He washes himself clean and starts walking again. He's making an effort. Allah Ta'ala's grace is such, that despite this being worthy of discarding only, Allah Ta'ala still recompenses, Allah Ta'ala still rewards, accepts it, grants tremendously on it. This is the clemency and this is the mercy of Allah wa Ta'ala. This is His grace, this is His muhammad. Should then we not be grateful to Allah wa Ta'ala, should we then not dedicate ourselves to Allah Ta'ala alone, when His mercy is so unlimited upon us, coming down in torrents upon us, so, for Allah Ta'ala, this little bit of sacrifice in times when people all seem to be going in all directions. But to just keep ourselves away from all the fitna, from the places of fitna, from the things that people are getting caught up in. And that little bit qurbani, that little bit sacrifice, that little bit mujahada on our hearts. But Allah Ta'ala's mercy and grace is far beyond we can imagine. Allah Ta'ala will reward that as well. And more than what we can imagine. Rewards are not always what we think it to be, and it must come in a material form. Something material cannot compare to the aspects that are of real value. Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with the strength of Iman. Can all the material things of the world compare with that? Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with contentment. Can the riches of the world compare with the wealth of contentment? Allah Ta'ala gives somebody the tawfiq and the, the quality of tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala. Can all the riches and the gold mines of the world compare to this wealth? Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with itminan, with sukoon in his heart. Can all the glitter and glamour of the world come one fraction to this? People are chasing after everything for this. But this is not to be found anywhere else. It's found In the obedience of Allah ta'ala. Allah bizikrillahi ta'tma'innul quloob. In the remembrance of Allah ta'ala, do the hearts get that peace? Fazkuruni azkurukum. Allah ta'ala says, Remember me, I will remember you. The tafsir of this is, Uzkuruni bil ita'a. Azkurukum bil inaya. You remember me by means of my obedience, I will remember you by means of my favors. And the favors that come onto the heart are beyond all the favors of the whole dunya. That too is na'mat, but you can't compare to one fraction to the na'mat of the heart. So this is the thing, thing, thing to really aspire for. This is what he is to try for, to beg Allah Ta'ala for. And Allah Ta'ala's grace is unlimited. Allah Ta'ala's grace is looking for excuses to come upon us. All is required he is a little bit of broken effort also. And inshallah we'll receive that grace. Allah Tabarakwa ta'ala give us the taufiq. Wa akhiru da'awana alhamdulillahi rabbil